ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terra Master, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Sam Duncan here. I'm with Scott Steinberger from PCI Race Radios. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing well, Leonard. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for coming to our little mobile deal here at the round one of the work series. I wanted to, I seen your trailer out there, and I wanted to ask you what brings you guys out to the works races? Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, we go to a lot of events and some of the bigger events like Score and Best in the Desert, and um, kind of get away from the family thing it's a little hardcore for most wives there are some that come and young children aren't really there and i really like the family atmosphere out at works with all the kids out here racing uh, a lot of my friends have their kids racing out here and it's it's pretty neat to see do you have a racing background i do i race myself I, in fact i race from a mini mag which is similar to a utv up to the trophy truck so i race trophy trucks from uh 2002 to 2007. That's so awesome. And, and do a lot of the dads put the radios in the, the kids' cars so that they can communicate with them? Oh, yeah. And uh, advice for dads, have your buddy uh, or mom talk to the kids during the race because uh, dads get a little hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and not like the baseball thing, right? It's very similar. <laughs> so how long have you guys been in business? We've been in business since 72. My dad uh, started doing communications in uh, some cars for Bill Strop and Parnelli Jones in 72 and kind of grew from there. And uh, he did a thing called the Weatherman Relay where he's up on top of mountains at the score races. And we're still doing that today at the score and the, uh, the mid races. And, 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 and do you do that or do you have somebody do it? No, I've, I've been doing it. Uh, my, my father kind of got too old to do it when he was about 2015. So I've been doing it since about 2015. I know I got a chance to do some uh, Baja racing and some chasing and stuff. And, and that weatherman deal is a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. And, you know, it, it feels good helping people. And, uh, you know, that's what we're doing out here. We're out here at the works house, race to support people. And uh, we come out, to, we try to make it to all of them. And uh, we are here on Friday and half day Saturday to help. So you guys, you do ask that you come in, you know, Friday and Saturday if you need anything, and we're here to help. We'll tune your car, test your car, 
fix your communications. Uh, we'll even help you out if you have someone else's communications regarding this. Well, that's pretty awesome that you take care of your competitors. Yeah. yeah. So, what is the, when you're not at a race, what do you guys do for, are you building systems for race teams or are you just developing the product in that? So, you know, PCI started out being big in making intercoms and intercoms transitioned into recreation, first in the sand cars and now in the UTVs. So, our biggest part of our business now is the UTV industry, and we build little complete intercom systems that have telephone, two-way radio capability, um, music. You can listen to music where you're riding, and that's kind of what we do. And we kind of never lost track of where we started, which is the racing industry, and that's why we come out to race like works race. In fact, I think we works best in the desert, score, more store, uh, gas series, ultra four. Um, we're busy a lot of weekends. We we go to a lot of events. Any asphalt stuff? Uh, we no. We kind of keep it in the dirt mostly. We do do some. We do do some stuff for other companies that make uh, that do NASCAR product that we actually build for other companies. But uh, we kind of keep it in the dirt mostly for us. And you mentioned to me earlier before we started taping that you you have some kids that your children that work with you. Uh, do, do they race as well, or is it just are they just in the race? You know what? They've been racing some side by sides lately. Um, we've been racing at the uh, UTV Nationals and at uh, Nora, which is in Mexico. Which I started racing, and I fell in love with. You know, I hadn't been racing in a few years, and I got back to it, racing side by sides with my kids. I've been having a great time. So we have them racing now too, and we have two cars we race, and uh, we do the Nora series and then. The kids have been racing some of the smaller races, but they're kind of just starting out at it. Well, that's pretty awesome. I want to get back on the, the, the weatherman deal. Um, I don't think that people, I did not realize until you brought it up that that was you yeah. and that was your family. Um, being that it is such an amazing portion of score and that your dad is an icon for that. Yeah. Um, how, how did that go for you as you were a young man? Coming into the business. Well, I'll tell you, so um, I helped him a few times when I was young, in my 16s, 17s, 18s, but it was once in a while I would go over the mountain and help him. I realized, I, I realized how hardcore it is because he's there from this, before the bikes start, ready to go, which is usually a four hour window till the cars start, and he's there until the last car's off the course, many times, hours after the course is closed. And, um, I raced for years, and literally, I would finish the race, and my dad would still be up on the mountain for another 20 hours before he could come and celebrate with me. It's recording in its own way. It's a pain in the ass, and it's a lot of work, and there's a lot of people that sit on their mics and do stupid stuff at the races, but knowing that you help people, and I mean, my dad, I can see some of my friends' families' lives. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rewarding. Oh, I bet. I, I, I just cannot believe the amount of work that he just donates to yeah. humanity or the fellow racers, that, that, that's got to be incredible. incredible. Yeah, and, and so, you know, the, you know, the funny thing is you say is a lot of people don't put PCI and the weatherman together, but PCI is the weatherman, and that's that's where PCI has always supported the weatherman, and that's our business as well. So anybody who's been helped out in Baja, we appreciate your uh, business as well. Well, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, I really really like um, that portion of it and that portion of the story. Do you do full installs of radios here at the track? We 
We do not do full installs. <clears throat> For the most part here at the track, most people are using handheld radios. And the reason they're using handheld radios here is because they water the track like a lot, which makes a lot of mud. And the best thing to do to your radios when you're pressure washing those cars is pull them out and wash your car. So most of the radios here at these short course events are handheld radios. They're being pulled out between races when they wash the cars and put back in. So there's not a lot of install going on. There's maybe one hole drill for an antenna, and then everything else is just tie wrap the frame and, and Velcro it on. So there's not a lot of install. But at events like Glamis and some of the other side-by-side events where we're at, like Chia the Hammers will be out doing installs, we do do full EUTV installs at those events, but we, we set up a whole install bay and do that kind of stuff. Um, it's not something we do at the races. We will help you. We will add you some tie wraps. We will, um, you know, work on your equipment if you're having a problem and climbing your race car and get upside down and figure it out. But uh, for the most part, installs are up to the, uh, the parents here. That's good and bad, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys have a shop where if I wanted to bring my UTV or bring my fleet in to have it set up to maybe, uh, if I'm doing Baja, I want to bring my trucks in so that they're tied in with my car? So uh, if you have a Baja team and you want us to come out with a tech and service your vehicles and check your antennas and tune your stuff, yes, we do do that. And we do service calls. If you want to come to our shop and have your stuff tuned and serviced, we do that as well. We do not do installs at all. Now, with that said, we have over 800 dealers now. And if you look on our website under our dealer locator and click installing dealers, you can find an installing dealer that can help you put your communications in your vehicle. And you work with your dealers to make sure that they do it correctly. You know, because I'm, I'm sure that's an art form. You know what? It, it, it is. It is. And um, it, it, it sucks when some of the people move on to another company and you don't know that because. Some of these guys get quite good, but all of a sudden they're gone and they do need a little more help. And uh, if they reach out to us, we're here to help the dealers as well figure that stuff out. Well, that's pretty awesome. I, I think that you guys have a pretty amazing deal. You have a great name in the industry. Um, and it's just kind of funny. I was just walking through, heading towards a, a, a rider's pit to talk to them, to have them come over and sit down with me. And I, I see you there and I go, you know what? Nobody ever talks to these guys. Let's bring them in. Let's sit down and, and get the behind the scenes yeah. to what it's like in the radio world. Yeah. So, you know, the radio world's just a small part of it, too. So we've got everything. We've got safety equipment, neck restraints. If you, one of the things is kids don't always know how they need to feel and fit. So if you guys need help with your neck restraints, come by and we'll help you guys, uh, you know, tune up your neck restraints and make sure they're, they're tightened and, and set properly for your kids because sometimes they're quite small. Well, that being said, uh, explain the next neck restraints in the cars for me, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, what a neck restraint basically does is, in layman's terms, when your body goes forward and hits your safe belts, and your seatbelt stop your body, your head wants to keep going. The neck restraint stops your head from keeping on going and protects your neck. That's basically what it's And it's a side-to-side, forward-and-back thing? Side-to-side and forward-and-back. It'll, it'll take up that energy and then attach it to your seatbelts in your body and work it all together so that that seatbelt is holding your neck back instead of just your neck going forward. I'm sure this is a bigger issue in the off-road industry than it is in the asphalt industry. You know, it, it actually, a neck restraint is good anywhere. Anytime you have a sudden stop, 
and your body stops from anywhere from 30 miles an hour or over, it puts a lot of strain on your neck. And these kids have very small necks. Yeah, they do. Do you notice a, a difference going from the adult group to the kids? How do the kids respond to the things that you guys do? I know that uh, an adult racer is going to be more vocal on some of these things, and kids generally don't talk as much. Yeah, kids have to be asked the right questions. They have to they have to understand to push their body into the seatbelt and then try to move their forward and tell me, yes, that I can feel it stopping my head and stuff. So they need to be just talked to a little differently, but for the most part, um, once you... Once you talk to them, they, they kind of understand how it works. And um, a lot of the kids don't like all of it because it's like extra stuff holding them in and they don't like being restrained. But um, it's it's for their safety. And, and it's, it's and, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. Make sure, you know, keep people safe as much as we can. And you guys do fire suits too? We, and we, do, we do anything you have to do with safety. So we do all the safety apparel, gloves, shoes, neck restraints. Um, how did, how, how did all the safety equipment start if you started as a radio company? So basically, we're a radio company that comes to events. Well, once you buy radios, you don't need radios anymore because you already have them. So for <laughs> us to be able to afford to come to these events, we got to be able to sell some other stuff. So we're here to sell your tear-offs and your all the other ancillary you know, stuff you need for racing. That's, that's, awesome. that's what keeps us going. Well, hey, Scott, I want to thank you so much. This was very educational for me. I hope that my UTV listeners will enjoy it and some of my ATV people, because I know that in the desert, we're taking a base unit, putting it under the hood of a, of a Honda 450R so that that radio will reach farther the pits. Um, so I've done that. I've yeah. done part of that. Yeah. Um, but it, and I believe that you were the initial that set it up and uh, got us rolling. Very cool. Yeah, well, uh, you know, hey, anything you guys have to do with racing, recreating, or being out in the dirt, PCI is here to help, and we appreciate you guys, and uh, nice talking to you later. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Yeah. Hey, you guys have a great one, and great success to your company, and, and thank you very much for uh, making us all safe. Thank you very much, too. Round one, World Off-Road Championships. You've been out on the track. You've gotten your machine ready to go. How you feeling, Tori Matisic? Um, I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm really excited to race the women's pro class, so I think it will be exciting and um, feeling really great. So, what do you think of the track? Um, I think it's nice. I love the sandy corners because you honestly just smooth ride, so kind of just pin it through all the corners, and it's pretty. I mean, it will get rough, but I like rough. So, what? Uh I know that when we were here uh, last year in November, you were injured. Um, how was your injury? Um, it's pretty good. I still have some hip issues. Um, I think I tore some muscles in there, but with stretching and stuff, it feels better. So I was talking to you earlier before you were right after you came out from practice, or before you went out. I don't remember, and you were telling me that you changed your Workout schedule. Yeah, so I've been training at Feeling Good Fitness, and um, they're awesome there. They, I mean, they know I'm a pro racer now, and they push me. And I mean, I go out, I went out there and practice, and I came off feeling really good. So, anything new for your program in 2022? Um, I think 
me and my whole team, I mean, we are trying to step up our game a little bit with being as a pro status. Um, I am training a lot harder. I do want to work my way up in the program class as well. My goal is to try to finish podium for the year. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Well, when you up your game, you're going to do better. And how much influence do you think the Pro-Am class had in your successes last year? Um, I think it really helped me overall as a racer. Um, riding with those guys, it pushes me. Even if I am behind them, I still push myself. The Pro sections, um, it makes me more confident having to go over the, those kinds of things. So I go out there not scared anymore about racing with those guys. Um, I'm very confident and that's awesome. So you were here yesterday and last year when you got hurt, it was in practice. Um, did you have any reservations when you were riding at all? Um, no, not at all. I mean, I went out there like every other practice and I didn't think about it. It was kind of road. So. Was the weather as bad yesterday as it is today? <laughs> um, towards the end of the day, yes. <laughs> But today is terrible. Oh, well, I thought we ordered good weather for right now. I know. I know. I wish. But. So what time does the pro women's class go on? Uh, 11.25. And do you have to qualify to get into the pro women's class because of that? Uh, yes. We still have to qualify. So how does the qualification qualifying work? So we still race with the same class as the women's day class. So I think we're going to start in the row before them. Um, and they're going to just... It's going to just be the same qualifying as. So how do they break it down with the, because you race for the Pro-Am, I mean the uh, Production A and the Open A, you have to get a specific position to get in or do they automatically give you a spot? Um, it's just top 25 that they do. Okay. So it's if you qualify for the top 25 that you So if you finish top 26 overall and you don't make yeah, pretty much. I think that's how it goes. As long as everybody else yeah. signs up and everything like that. Yeah. And did you have any sponsor changes? I asked you earlier. Um, I did have a tire sponsor change. Um, I'm now with GBC. So, uh, yes. Awesome. Um, I'm excited to test out their tires. I got a fresh new set for this race, so... Excellent. Can you retire block state here? Yes, so that's awesome. You got some higher blocks. So. Is that the first time you ran an answer? Yeah. Oh, first time. Really? Uh, that, that's pretty good that you had that, that much success. Well, I have had a flat tire, so we're hoping this will help me a lot. So, What are you looking forward to this year? And what are some of your expectations? Um, I'm looking forward to just pretty much getting out there and racing and um, pretty much kind of stepping up my game and um, training harder. I want to be, I mean, everyone wants to be a fast racer, but I really want to step up my game in the program class. So um, that's pretty much like my goal for this year. Um, also, getting the championship in the women's pro class. Um, but pretty much, I... Well, you've made your mark in works by winning three women's titles in a row. I know that it's Women's Day, but that's the highest class. At three of the time, 
how monumental will it be for you to put the one on the machine for the first women's pro Um, It will be awesome. I When I got the one play for the women's state class, it was, I mean, I was pretty much in tears because I was so happy. So I think it will be a whole other level just because it's going to be the women's pro class. So um, I'm excited to put that one up. Are you talking to any of the other women's champions uh, around the country about coming out and racing some horse races? Um, I have. I do talk to them occasionally. Um, I'm trying to get them to come out. I They want to. I think it's just more of timing and what races are closer to them. Um, so it's kind of all in the air. Have you thought about going back and doing any of the, the East Coast stuff? I have. I think it would be awesome. I would love to. It's just, it's hard with work and all of that. So maybe one day. Maybe one day, yeah. So, future, we're talking 2022. Are we going to be around 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026? Is Tori Matai going to be a mainstay in the dominant portion of works? For the, for the foreseeable future? Um, I guess we'll see how this year goes for me and kind of see where it all plays. Are you are you growing up, is what I'm hearing about progressing into the next stages of life? Um, I am. I'm starting my career job, so it's a little difficult. Um, my, my bosses, I mean, they're amazing. They give me all the time off that I need. Um, but, I mean... This is, I'm living my dream racing ATVs, so it's kind of, I don't know when I'm going to stop. What would you do without Jackie and Mom, right? I know. I don't know where I'd be without them. Well, your your grandpa helps out quite a bit, too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. And my grandma. My whole family, I had a lot of family contribute um, to this season, so I'm thankful for that. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Tori, I want to thank you for taking some time. I know that you got to get ready to go out and race. don't be afraid to stop in and talk to us. You know, we're in our little mobile studio. We yeah. we had something bigger, more elaborate planned, but the weather didn't cooperate with yeah. us. But uh, I think this is going to work out just fine. Yeah. Thank yeah. you again. Good Thank luck you. this year. Thank you. Right. Ian, welcome to round one works. And you have Square One Speed Channel on YouTube, correct? That's correct. Yeah, Square One Speed Channel. That's awesome. So, uh, How's the event treating you so far? So far, so good. Other than the wind and the cold, it's, uh, I mean, it's right in my alley being from Minnesota anyway, so. Well, but, yeah, then how can it be cold? It's not. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, it's I'm not just, cold. I was just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tough, right? Well, yeah, dude. You I mean, they got snow on the ground there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, they're coming snow right now. Actually, they're kind of going through a warm spell. I think it's up to uh, 30 degrees. Yeah, they can keep that. They can keep that. I'm going to stay on the West Coast where it's Oh, they're, they're in the middle of ice racing and everything already up there. So, yeah, there's snow all over the place. And they're just clear paths over the uh, frozen lakes at this point. Well, that's awesome. Hey, I saw some pictures of you are building a rod. Was that for uh, round one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually the same machine that I blew up in round 10 of oh, last okay. season. So, I've been scrambling to get it back together for uh, round one. We're here. So, it's, uh, it's together in one piece and let's hope it stays that way what do you think of the track this time versus last time 
Um, this time, without putting the truck track into it, um, man, really, I, I haven't been out there to look at it a whole lot other than the moto section, a little bit of the off-road. I like that they brought a uh, rock section into it. Kind of interesting, even though that Doug told me not to bang those lower arms off any rocks, and here we are with the rock section. But uh, Well, you just have to monitor it a little bit and be a little bit more careful. Yeah. Um, as far as what I see, as far as the layout, it's kind of cool how it seems they just kind of turned some things around from round 10 last season, and then um, it seems like there's a little more speed. You can carry a little more speed through this, this track, or at least that's what I'm hearing from everybody else as well. So, how soon before you get out there? I'll be out there tomorrow morning at 9.35. Oh, and it's nice and warm. Yeah, nice and warm. Oh, I hope. Well, it'll be nice and warm for you because you got the idea. Come on now. I know what I'm dealing with at this point, right? Exactly. You're not fine. You're not getting anything new. Yeah, no, this is this is familiar territory. Do you snowmobile back? Yeah, I did that quite a bit. back. So, back there, most of the snowmobiling I did, it was to drag ice houses out there, go ice fishing, and things like that. But had some fun every once in a while out there. Rip sleds around. And do they have psychologists to talk to you guys about these things? Because that's not that's not normal. <laughs> we think it's normal. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who, who am I to argue when you know I, I live in the sun and the in the and the nice weather all the time? Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> that's all right. Hey, so tell me a little bit about your channel and what you got going on. So my channel kind of started as uh, I, I really didn't even know what I was going to start it as, but I just like. Um, I wanted to build some things, and I figured, you know, why not just document it? So I was kind of doing that. A friend of mine had told me at one point, you know, you should write a journal and things like that and keep track of things you do. And I said, well, maybe I'll do it this way. So that's kind of how it started. And then um, now the channel's just kind of evolved into um, following sport quads and the racing aspect of it and then um, bringing people kind of along on the channel to new places and showing them new places to ride, different events out there, and uh, the different machines I see. And then it kind of incorporates other things like I've done, uh, or I've gone up to King of the Hammers, I haven't video it yet, but I kind of like that stuff, and building trucks and things like that. But it all kind of comes back to where I really found a passion was in sport closet. So that's awesome. And, and how's the channel growing for you? It's growing. It's been kind of a grind. It's been slow. And then all of a sudden, after a certain point, um, I guess the big guys say, you know, your first thousand is the hardest thousand. Um, but after the first thousand people subscribe, all of a sudden it just started taking off. And people started following me. You just kind of keep up with it. But if you slack it all, it seems like it kind of tapers off a bit, and then you bring it back. And well, it's all about content, you know. It really I is. Mean, yeah. We're mostly audio. We do it. We we're, we're breaking into YouTube and some other versions of the uh, video channels. Yeah, but we do mostly audio, and um, that is a constant content create period. You're always doing it. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. and then the audio shows. We're just always, always open. And you're trying to cover all those at the same time and spread stuff out across them. And yeah, and it's it's crazy, crazy. But uh, it's good that you're out here. Um, I do I do follow you, and I do check out some of your stuff. Yeah, cool. You do good stuff, and I like that. And I love the fact that you're an ATV enthusiast like myself because that's solely why I do this is because I love the ATV. Oh, yeah. I hate to see the, the downfall it took again, but then, you know, what am I doing about it, right? So on the channel, I was like, well, I'll just bring it to everybody else because, you know, it doesn't get a lot of coverage everywhere else, so I'll just do it. Um, there's some other guys out there like, uh, you know, Pete Hager or Jake Brew, those guys, they do it as well. And people started to catch on to it. It kind of almost was like uh, something that time forgot. 
people didn't remember. And then all of a sudden they see it on this new platform. I shouldn't say new platform. YouTube's been around for a while, but they see ATVs out in this new way or in a right. new light. And people have really caught on. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember those things. And it seems like everywhere I go, someone's like, hey, I remember seeing you uh, in this video when you went to Glamis or you went to Buttercup or you did this and that. And it's been really cool meeting a bunch of these people. So, so what brought you west? Uh, well, I had to move out here for work. So I was living in North Carolina for a bit, and then I moved out here, and uh, I worked for the military, so I'm stationed down in uh, are you former military or are you still in? Still in. Still current. What exactly do you do in the military? If I can't go into details. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I work down there on uh, the test base. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your service. That's awesome. Uh, what branch? Army. Army. Yeah, that'll confuse a bunch of people. Every time they hear you and they go, oh, you're a Marine? No, no, no. There's a Marine Corps Air Station right there. So, okay. But yeah, I'm in the Army out there on the uh, test grounds. How long have you been in? Oh, jeez. 13 years. Oh, dude, you look too young to be in there that long. Wait. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. Yeah. Give it another year. Give it another year, right? So, you plan to, to extend it to the 20 years to retire? Yeah. I think that would be the smart play at this point. It's, uh, you know, finish up. Just make the 20 years. Well, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I think that the extra service that you offer for us by being in the military and the things that you give back to the community, then what you're trying to give back to the ATV community, that's really admirable. That's something that I really enjoy. Uh, I have a family that comes from the military. My brother and I skipped. But my, my dad was in reserves. My grandfather, my dad's dad, was on the wasp when it got sunk. You know, yes, and the USS Duncan picked him up. No way. Yeah, what are, what are the odds? <laughs> you can't make that up. Well, no, you yeah. can't. Can. He, he told my dad, he said, so time anybody in my family has ever came to my aid. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. I love the fact that you're in the military and that you're bringing back to the YouTube channel. Do you have anything coming up that we should be looking for? Uh, so I will be. Um, I'm actually going to be out in the dudes here shortly. I can't really discuss about what it is, but uh, I'll, I'll be out there with uh, some other people. We'll video some things and we'll probably release them. They may release them first. But I'll put it out over uh, like Instagram, which is just square one speed. Um, it's, we'll put it out over that, and uh, then we'll have some more videos coming out. Uh, I'm going to video some more of the locations I haven't been to yet, as far as works goes, because works has been kind of all over the place, especially with COVID. They moved some things around, but uh, I really started in Blythe in 2020. Okay. And I videoed that, and then I did pretty much all of 2021 season. And then now this season, I think I'm going to kind of pull back from uh, some of the trash we've been to and do some others we haven't too, like Idaho. I haven't been out there yet. So that'd be a cool one to go up and uh, video that as well. Plus, it's a lot to uh, go up, race, video, fix things, come back down, drive, you know, and edit, put everything out, and go back to work. So, right. And, and your work schedule allows you to do this? Yes, barely. Just barely. Yeah, yeah, because you're on a tight schedule. You have to be there yeah. when they say you have to be there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Just worked yesterday. And then once off work, blow everything up, drive on up here. Right on. So, Hey, thank you for coming and visiting us. Uh, this is our little mobile deal that we had to put together because of the weather, um, which you all... Well, I'm glad you had this. I thought we were going to be sitting out in front of the trailer. Uh, for a bit there, we were. Uh, the wind was too great, and I couldn't get the noise factor. You could still hear a little bit of noise, but yeah. 
at least we're not in the wind and we got the lights to work. So yeah, we're pretty we're pretty stoked. Yeah, this is nice. I like it. Awesome. Thank Thanks you again. Hey, have a great one. And if you guys need anything, you know, uh, reach out to us. We'll, we'll collaborate together. We'll share it for you and, and no problem. Absolutely. I'll do the same. Thank you for having me on here. No problem. Give yourself a shameless plug before you no. off. Shameless plug. Here it comes. All right. So YouTube is uh, Square One Speed Channel. Instagram is just at Square One Speed. Don't have a Facebook for those two yet, but uh, they're growing pretty quick. Instagram especially, uh, and I usually post everything that I don't on my uh, YouTube channel. I'll put it on Instagram. It's kind of behind the scenes stuff, and you see things, the grind and everything behind it all there. So it's kind of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks again. You have a great day. Enjoy the round one. We'll do. Thanks, Lee. All right, Lee. We'll talk to you later. Alex Ortiz, newly into the pro class. Round one, World Off-Road Championship Series. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Lenny. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, good to be making the step up. It's pretty exciting. Uh, long way to go still, but we're glad that we're making the move. That's crazy, man. I just I just seen you as an A-rider uh, a few months ago, and now you're a pro. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations for moving up. Thank you. Um, what did you think of the course? Uh, the course is fun. Um, it's a lot technical. It's a lot more technical. Uh, so much wider, as fast as it normally is here at Frame. Uh, so that's a nice change up. And then the moto, they did an excellent job here, uh, making a nice, fun, safe moto. How much different is it this time than it was last time? Uh, quite a bit, I personally think. Uh, there's a lot less fast straightaways, not as much uh, sweeping fast corners. Um, and then we actually crossed the road and used the tunnel again. And then there's a rock guard as well. So that's pretty cool that we get to use that as well this time. Well, none of this terrain is new to you because you live just down the road a little bit in the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my parents and where I ride are they're in Moapa, which is about an hour and a half, two hours from here. So it's not, not much different, a little bit different sand, but the same general desert. Wow. So what were one of, or what are the multiple reasons why you chose to step up into the pro class? Um, well, honestly, going into last season, um, the idea was if I prove, if we feel that I ran the pro speed, um, that we were going to make the move. So going into last season, um, we went a, because we were getting a brand new bike, starting with a bone stock bike and then moving up and building it that way. So going into that season, um, that was a year we can run the speed. We feel like we have, uh, the talent and, and everything to run with the pro, we were going to do it. So that was that was the game plan. Um, we ran speed the last half of the season, um, and we were still just running a very mild pump gas motor. Um, so we were still underpowered than most of the other pro-amp riders. Um, so we were watching it really close. We didn't get the results that we felt we should have had. But again, looking at lap times and how I felt personally, we, uh, we decided to do it. And then we're still not sure what is going to happen after this season. So whether I stick to it, we run pro again next year, or if we kind of just hit and miss and have fun in the pro class, it's what we're going to end up doing from here on out. So uh, it's been a long time coming. We ran for 10 years before I even took that five-year break. So that was uh, it was thought out, and we talked a lot. You... Um, made sure that I thought long and hard about it, talked to everyone that was involved, and we all did. We all came to the same agreement that it's going to be a long, hard year of learning and growing, 
but we're all excited to make the move and go for it. That's outstanding. I think that uh, the pro class has just added another dimension, you know, because you have Travis Damon, Jacob Stevens, you know, you still got Bo. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of and, and, there, and, you know, Mike can't count out Mike Sloan. I don't know, I haven't seen him today, but, but he's, you know, when he shows up, he's always going to be fast. Uh, Evan Spooner may show up and race it yeah. periodically. He's always fast. Yeah, he is. So, and there's even a couple of people that I, that I haven't mentioned. So, this is pretty awesome that you get to roll in with that group. You know, be careful. Old Riley, Johnny Gallagher, so
just like the rest of us, we were coming you since you were just behind the grass. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, um, mainly for the support that I've gotten. I mean, it's it's one thing to put the plates on the bike, do the gear, do the graphics, everything, but you start looking at the people that are behind you, man, or right there, and it, it's it's hard to beat that. I have my family, my dad, who is insanely proud, insanely supportive. Uh, my mom is right there with them. My sister, she designs my logos. She's she did these shirts for us. Uh, she's a huge support. Obviously, my girlfriend who is here every race and misses work for it is a huge support. Um, then you have Josh Fredericks, who um, has been my next door neighbor the entire time I've been racing. He, uh, it's cool to run his plate and his number in the pro class again. Um, he's a support. The Badasses are a huge support. The grosses, they put us up for the weekend. They feed and house us and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, running the pro class is cool and it's exciting and it's, it's awe-inspiring. But you look at the what's behind backstage, and, and that is truly what's amazing. And that's truly why we are racing. Exactly, and that's why the ATV industry separates itself from every other form of racing in the world because the family atmosphere and the group and the family that we all are. One hundred percent. I mean, you get a little bit of, of it in like uh, strictly desert racing because everyone has to be family and everyone has to help everyone. But here at Works, the ATV community is just absolutely amazing. Everyone. I mean, there's so many people here that would put us in their trailer for the night. They, the Morgans let us use the trailer to do the graphics on the bike last night. Everyone is willing to lend a hand and help 100% of the time in the ATV community. Gotta love it, brother. Alex Ortiz, good luck tomorrow. You would still have to hit up for an individual episode with me. This is just a little um, hit spots that we're doing at the race. Sorry that the studio is so tight and cramped. But the weather, the weather made us do this. Um, but thank you again for stopping by and talking with us. And, and congratulations to being in the front class. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much, Larry. Andrew Johnson, how are you? Thank you for sitting down with me. Uh, what do you think so far about round one? Uh, it's really fun. Um, I would always bring fun at our course. It's pretty rough. It's fast. Nice. What do you think of it compared to round 10 just six weeks ago? Oh, it's so much better. Did you ride after the UTV or the motorcycles that destroyed the track? Yeah. Didn't like that much? No. It was pretty tall. Awesome. What what grade are you in? I'm in sixth grade. Sixth grade? Yeah. Do you plan on racing uh, ATVs till you're as old as Bo? Yeah. So you want to you want to move up into the pro class? Yeah. It, it, who's your favorite rider? Um, Ford works. Just for ATVs, period. Bryce Ford. Bryce Ford, really? I didn't see that coming. Hey, Bryce, you got a fan out there. Uh, so, are you wanting to do a motocross, or do you like the off road stuff? Um, I like the mix. Like, works is doing hands yeah, that's what you've grown up on most of your racing career so far? Yeah. How long have you been riding? Um, around four years. Really? So not, not long at all? Not too long. Hey, you got another 40 years. <laughs> I'm serious. That's a, that's a, yeah. Both been around a long time. But that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you want to thank besides your mom and dad? Um, Raph, ATV, ATV. Um, of course, Duncan, 
Operation and Santa Cruz and Nice, nice. Is there any other places that you race besides works? Nope. Just works. Just works. Yep. And and you guys have been traveling works since the whole four years? Um no. We um uh, started out at ACLP, then came to works more for the competition. Past year. Yeah. And you raced two classes in works, correct? Yeah, production two fifty and production two fifty Excellent. That means you run a red plate with a white number? Uh yes. So that's like an A-class rider in the 250 division? Yeah. Oh, nice. You could give me one of the answers. It's okay. Is this your first time uh, being interviewed like this? Yeah. Besides for like four years stuff. First time on a podcast? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you did it here at ATV Talk. And thank you so much for coming and sitting down and talking with me. If you ever want to talk ATV, it's going to be a good guy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Dave Wiley, thanks for stopping by and talking to me here at uh, round one of the works. How you doing? Absolutely, I'm doing good. How was it out there? It was great. The track was was really nice. Um, I loved it. Uh, probably my favorite. Uh, this is one of my favorite tracks anyway. But today was was probably one of the best setups. I really, I really liked. It. I liked the rock section. I liked a little bit technical. It was good. Awesome. Which machine did you ride? I rode the 450 Honda um, quad today, riding the B- uh, BBC three-wheeler tomorrow, the three-wheeler class. Oh, so the three-wheeler class hasn't even went off yet? No, no. It's tomorrow morning. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I heard Dave's name, David Ham's name. Did he ride quad? Dave Ham rode a three-wheeler in our 50B class, and he he asked me about it a couple of days ago. I said, absolutely. You should ask him and see. I don't see anywhere in the rules where it doesn't say you can't race a three-wheeler in the quad class, even though we have a special three-wheeler class. And, you know, he, he was kind of hesitant this morning. And I said, dude, do it. I said, you're here. You, you're already here. You drove up here. You spent the money. Why not race it? And and he did. And he got the whole shot. Um, that thing is fast. You know, obviously a little bit lighter than the quads. And he pulled the whole shot. I got a terrible start. I was dead last. My bike pulled real hard to the right. And I was dead last. But Ham got out there in front. And um, by about halfway through the first lap, I passed everyone else. I got right behind him and him, myself, and uh, two other guys just battled back and forth the whole time. We passed each other, passed each other back, but Ham hung with us the whole entire time. He ended up getting second. It was really, really cool to see him do that one through. What place did you get? I ended up getting fourth. Really? I thought we had another. I'm really mad at myself. I thought we had another lap to go, and I was kind of pacing myself behind those guys actually through the rock section. So the rock section was almost at the end of the course. And there was somebody stuck, and these guys went to the right. I knew there was a line to the left. I took the line to the left, and I passed them. I got back into second. And first was right there. I mean, we're all right there. I got into second. We hit the motocross track. I was kind of taking these. I really thought we had another lap. So Pam got around me, and someone else got around me. We came around the last corner. I saw the checkered flag. Nothing I could do. I, was, I thought we had another lap. So, um, But it was fun. I mean, the four of us, the top four, were battling the whole way. There were seven seconds between first and fourth. Nice. Good yeah. race. So really good race. I'm, I'm happy to see, um, you know, I raced the same class last year. We got, you know, three, four, I think maybe six was the biggest and seven already. So I think it's going to be a really competitive, fun class this year. Excellent. So I, I missed it the first time that you told me. What bike are you riding tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm riding my 450 uh, modern conversion bike. Nice. Yeah. And, and we talked briefly before. 
uh, a couple days ago uh, about the machine. You were trying to get one ready to come, and it didn't, it didn't pan out. Yeah, I was going to do a 250R. I thought this would be a really good race for it, um, and, and it would have been. I wish I would have finished it. Um, with the turns and everything and the high speed, I think the 250R would have been fun here. Um, you know, the BBC would be okay. Um, steering, I'm working on it, trying to get it dialed in a little bit better. Suspension's great, motor's great. Um, Dave Pam would be out there on his TPC 450. Um, there's a guy, and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but he was here last round at, at Graham, and he's on a KTM 450 and myself. So I, as far as I know right now, there's three of us and all in 450s and all different versions 450s. So it's going to be fun. Uh, so somebody else built that 450 a different um, I think I believe it's a BBC also, but it's a KTM. Okay, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. If you've got to do any work with that machine or ride it or anything like that? The KTM? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I've not ridden one. I'd like to. Um, you know what? The, the guy, when he was here last time, he had a 300, and, and we've talked about that before. Right. And I'd really like to ride that bike. I mean, I don't. I would ride the 450, but I don't have a big interest. I, the 450, I'm going to stick with Honda. But the the 300, I'd really like to ride that bike. And I was surprised he wasn't on it. I, I would. I mean, it looked like it was set up better to me. I, I don't know. The rate looked better. The overall, it, it looked like a better setup. So I'm not sure why he wasn't on it. We we talked to him briefly, but I'm not sure why he was on that. Yeah, I and I'm under. I'm, I could be wrong, but I've heard they've only, there's only one. Oh, the 300? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, there's there's, there's quite a few. Yeah, I know four or five guys have them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's quite, but I, all these guys I know, I haven't got rid I actually took one. I have a friend in uh, Louisiana. Bought a brand new KTM. I think it was a 2021. I don't think it was 22. I think it was 21. Sent it to my house right when BBC moved to Tucson. And I took it down there and dropped it off for him to get done. But unfortunately, I wish it would have come back to me on the way back. I oh, have that. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I want to ride the two wheeler and then I want to ride it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I, I haven't been on a two wheeler in a while, so I'd be a little rusty. But yeah, but it'd be fun. I mean, just I, I think take that thing out in the dunes and just let it loose. I, I, I just want to feel that power. Yeah, exactly. And see if it's as good as everyone says. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, the one that your buddy did was a fuel injected version. Um, yes, absolutely. Electric star fuel injected. Like I don't even know where the list stops with these new modern bikes. I mean, I, you know, I'm not used to all that. But yeah. Electric start, fuel injected, two strokes, you know, power valves, crazy. You're on the three wheeler, your four stroke yep. is a start model? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, it's, sorry, it's an X model, so it's electric and kick, um, which I like. It's, it's got lights. I mean, carburetor. Uh, carburetor, yeah. Yeah, carburetor. But it, it's fast, it runs good. I mean, the, the motor's definitely not slowing me down. The motor's not slowing me down, suspension's not slowing me down. Um, just that, that steering, it, it feels real light in the front end and it pushes in the corners. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get that dialed in and I, I think that would help because right now I feel more comfortable pushing hard on a 250R 350X, but, but just the power and suspension is amazing on those modern ones. I mean, there's nothing can compare to it. Do you think that it's going to far surpass the old school stuff? You know, you, you put the same rider. On a modern bike that's dialed in, and an old one on most courses, I don't know how they're not going to be faster on the modern. And I just don't see how they want to be faster. Straight edge drive is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anytime rough, I mean, you know, um, Hagsma uh, was behind me, and I think it was Havasu, and after the end of the race, um, I think he was laughing me. I don't know, or he missed or something. I don't know, but just briefly, he was behind me, and he, after the race, he said, "Man, I was on my three fifty X." It's like I don't know how you ride that thing. He's like, you're all over the place. And, you know, right, you don't know. You're just on the gas. You know, maybe he's like, you're 
two feet this way, one, you know, just back and forth. And he, you know, the, the modern bikes just, they track good. They, they handle so much better. And there's something to be said for the new suspension technology and things that, that, the, that we're all working on to make all these machines happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited. I mean, I've always been a 250R guy my whole entire life. I love the two-stroke power. That's why the KTM 300 is intriguing because, you know, I, I would love to put a 250R power plant in something more modern with the suspension and everything. I think that would be good, too. I, I wish somebody, and there's talks, different guys, but I really wish somebody would make frame up. Exactly, and, and that's you know, so so the inverted force two fifty R's have been around for a couple of years now, and, and they work pretty good. Um, that's and I, I do I did hear that they are building an Elka shock for the two fifty R's. That's going to be a start, but yeah, if Doug would do a no link rear end and make it work on that. I'd be all over it. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think a no link two fifty R with some modern components and then it built. You know, a nice Duncan motor in it. If you'd be set. Let's get this thing done. <laughs> yeah. Dave, thanks for stopping by and talking to us. Uh, our, our studio is a little small and uh, <laughs> different than normal, but uh, the weather outside didn't allow us to uh, to do a bigger, a more elaborate setup. Yeah, no, it's super windy. Now this this works good. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for coming and seeing me. All right, take it easy. All right, man. You have a great day. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.